Hello and welcome back to another episode of You Want to Do What? Today we've got Katie Narain on and she's a partner GTM at MoonPay. Hi Katie. Hi Daniel, how are you? Good, thank you, good. Uh, how are you? Yes, good thanks. Um, busy week um, but it's always crazy so yeah, happy to be here. Pleasure to have you on. Um, Katie, should we jump straight in? Do you want to tell everyone a bit about what you do? So I work cross-functionally as um, part- partner marketing manager, um, managing GTM strategy, executing it um, on a general and granular level uh, for new and existing partners um, at one of the leading Web3 infrastructure companies, MoonPay. Um, it's an incredibly exciting time for us. Uh, we're partnering with a lot of businesses, both Web3 and Web2, um, and we have a great brand marketing strategy. Yeah. Interesting. So let's go way back and let's go back to the start of your career. Yeah. So did you go to university or did you go straight into work? What was that kind of beginning steps your career look like? So I always wanted to go to university and I did. I went to Exeter um, and I thought, I think it's always a struggling, a hard time to kind of decide what you want to do. And for me, I wanted to make sure that when I studied something, and even now, right, in my career, I want to make sure that I do something I really enjoy. Um, so I studied history, um, history and ancient history with a year abroad in Germany. Um, it was amazing. Um, I love to travel and explore new places. So to have a year abroad scheme was really, really cool. That is very cool. I'm a massive history buff. So th- if I was going to do any degree, it would have been that. How did you find it? Did you enjoy it? Absolutely loved it. Yeah. And I think with one of those kind one of those subjects where you're reading in depth and you're studying different modules and there's a lot of work, as with any degree, I think you have to be super interested and invested and in while you're choosing different topics. Um, yeah, incredibly exciting. And I still think one of the most relevant degrees you can do in terms of conversation, connecting, the amount of times in networking events or meeting people that historical things come up is yeah insane that's really interesting now I personally am a bit of an advocate for going straight into work unless you unless you feel like going to university is the right thing for you or or you specifically want to study something you have in mind opposed to I had a lot of friends that just went to university because they thought that was the thing they should do mm-hmm. um so going into work and having talked to quite a few people on the podcast going into work now seems like quite a good route now it sounds like you really valued your time at university Absolutely. Um, do you think would you still have gone to university now or do you think maybe there was a way to go into what you're doing without going to uni I think at the time where I went to university there were still few companies that would hire you unless you had a degree and a 2-1 degree at that um, I had offers from RBS IBM those kind of really traditional tech and finance places Mm. um, some of which have now changed their policy but I knew that that was a step and I think you know my parents were first generation university goers and so for them that was really important as well so it was always kind of just in my plan Um, I am quite an academic person so I like to be challenged academically and for me being able to have that time to learn study read is you know priceless and I also think the skills that you learn living away from home for the first time looking Mm. after things that you do in the real world if you've just lived at home and then you go straight into something like a a job I don't think you have that gap um and looking back at it 
I could have even used my time better. I think you can definitely do more networking and um, really build up that career path. But also, you know, I was part of a cheerleading squad. Some of my best friends now are from that time. Um, it was great to compete nationally. Um, all of that, all of the above that you wouldn't have got the opportunity to had you just gone into work. So I think there's merit to going to university. Yeah, you make a great case for it. So after you left university, what was your first job like? My first job, what was it? Oh, I did a few things just right after university. Um, but I uh, was at this wonderful little firm called Holland Mountain, and it was essentially private equity consultancy. Um, that was cool. It's my first kind of bit of a job I'd done previously an internship at RBS which was more like during one of the school summers or like the university summers mm -hmm. um so I, it it was interesting working in that corporate world I absolutely loved it I think it was nice to get kind of earn money for the first time properly and mm. um, took a break and went traveling for a bit came back and well since then hopped around careers <laughs> so I haven't had a straight uh a straight channel into what I wanted to do so that's really interesting because I'm I really advocate for doing that, especially in your twenties and trying different things. Can you just take us through your kind of thought process as you jumped around? Was it I want to learn new skills, or was it just an opportunity came up and you were like, you know, what, I'm going to try this out? Yeah, I think all of the above. Um, I think I was listening to a podcast recently, actually, one of Stephen Bartlett's, um, and I've forgotten her name, but a wonderful lady was speaking about kind of what speaking about how she she's a life coach now and has got a really successful business but speaking about how she kind of did the same like jumping between careers not really understanding why but I think for me like what she explains is that nothing really called to me I was in these jobs and didn't have this passion it was like I enjoyed my work sometimes sometimes I didn't and mm. um, that's very obvious you know when when you don't enjoy something but sometimes you just think this isn't really fulfilling me I don't think this is what I'm made to do I don't feel like I'm being utilized maybe to my full potential that was big um and for someone like me I've always been an all-rounder you know taking maths English history chemistry but like all of that spectrum been quite active done you know I like to be creative and so it was never an obvious path and I think when you have a different a, a few different skill sets and different interests as well um it, it's not always easy and so yeah I, I jumped between things because I felt sometimes I wasn't being fulfilled sometimes I wasn't being challenged sometimes I felt my skills could be better utilized um and yeah, I think that's honestly, and I love to learn more and more about different things. So of course, that's where I jumped as well. Mm. I was listening to a podcast recently. I'm, I'm much the same as you, a bit of a general all-rounder. Mm -hmm. No, you know, one thing called to me. And I always found it really difficult. Just like you say, never quite feeling fulfilled in what you're doing. Um, and somebody made such a great point and they said, don't follow your passion, follow your curiosity. I'd never thought about it like that. And it, it makes so much sense, doesn't it? I think so. And I think you should never stop being curious because there's always more to learn. There's new things coming up all the time. And I think where you can really find value and really find things that you might want to go after is in discovering new opportunities. And that's normally things that maybe aren't as obvious. Mm. 
And did you find it, or, or were you worried at the potential look of your CV? Because growing up, I don't know if you were told the same, you know, job hoppers, as they were called back in the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, people might look at your CV and think, oh, well, they don't stay here very long. But I don't know if you agree, but for our generation, it's probably, it's not looked at in the same way. You actually, employees look at you and go, wow, look at all the different skills that they've got here. Yeah, and I think... I think back in the day, it was very common for people to stay at their jobs 20 plus years. And that was certainly the experience when I was interning at RBS that, you know, a lot of people had that um, same as any traditional firms I've worked for. Um, And yeah, I think how are you going to ever be challenged if you're in the same role for your whole life? How are you ever going to meet new people and actually think in new ways? I think that can only be gained from one working different places traveling different into different places and being put out of your comfort zone and I'm not saying that I don't want people to take this the wrong way that people that stay in one thing for their whole life are coasting but I would challenge them to throw themselves in a high growth startup and see what you know what boundaries they might push with that I think this is gonna be really valuable for people listening because we get told a lot that you know job hopping is is going to be part of the future but it's actually quite a scary step i think to change industries and, and completely change what you're doing so how did you approach that when when you did change industry i think also let's just go through the industries i've been in finance tech fashion now tech slash web3 um among other things on the side and I think, like we were saying, curiosity is good and being well read on that. Um, I'm always super interested in understanding things. So reading lots, having that relevant knowledge, speaking to people and actually thinking, what way do I think I could add value to this industry? I think, honestly, interviews now, I was reading a book recently, um, quite a famous one. It was written a few years ago now are you smart enough to work on a uh, work at Google? Mm. And it talks about loads of interview theory and kind of how companies actually interview people compared to like the 1990s. And I don't know, I think now everyone has probably most jobs that have the base qualifications and actually what they're interviewing is yes, your comp- competency to an extent, but I mean, for my job currently, all I needed to do was, you know, prove that I understood what, what the the industry was how i could think strategically and creatively um what i could add and if people like me because ultimately when you're in a remote company especially people you're going to have to be cohesive and get on with everyone and people have to get on with you and think that you're an agreeable person and that you can make the environment a better one that's a brilliant point. And we actually did an episode a while back where we had um, a software engineer uh, come on, a, a data scientist, and he'd mm-hmm. done over 100 different interviews a- across a year because the startup he was working at was growing rapidly. Mm-hmm. And he sort of laid bare what they actually look for in the interview. And that was the number one thing that nobody seems to have been told that actually, okay, you're all going to be pretty competent, to be honest with you. We'll weed that out early doors if you're not. Yeah, it's about getting on with the person and the amount of stories he came up with from these interviews and the people just didn't get that at all that you know they didn't try and find common ground which is a great one in an interview 
Um, but how did you how do you go about explaining or you know showing your skill sets when you're in an interview because you've done so many different things how do you kind of get that across I think it depends what they're asking but I think it's also it's it's tricky because I think it it is so reactive but I think it's knowing your stuff and knowing enough about the company and the industry to think of ways in which you can add value and be helpful they don't want people especially in the industry I'm in now you know people you're not told these are your things to do in the day these are you know this is your work it's very proactive and it's very thinking what are the problems how can I solve them what can I propose to change the way we do things um and it's a very it's a very different way to working at trad companies I'd say and so to demonstrate that skill set I think you need to come up with ideas and kind of even questions, challenges to the way that things are already being done and um, also genuine interest in, you know, what it actually is like at that company or what their their own, like the person who's interviewing you, what, what their path has been like. I think kind of showing that you can, and I think in doing this, you show that you can think on your feet, that you are a problem solver, that you're empathetic, that you're interested and interesting and I think all of these things I would say contribute to someone viewing you as employable and we talk about sort of CVs versus LinkedIn versus all these different ways now you can sort of advertise yourself to employers and you know you've got loads of experience of, of going for different jobs so what do you think about the traditional route into companies have you submitted cvs or have you gone above and beyond and tried something else or reached out to someone on linkedin like yeah. how have you approached it so this is an interesting one and i i potentially before just went the traditional way either through you know submitting cvs or maybe a friend saying there's a job at my company you know can i put your cv or like you know that kind of thing i briefly the, the way i got my job at moonpay is that i briefly worked at taylor jones which is a essentially a recruitment firm and all I was doing was the BD client acquisition that my role was essentially getting clients on board I saw a massive gap in the market in crypto and crypto recruiting there were massive this was in like the boom like 2021 Mm -hmm. Um, and I just saw all these roles coming about on telegram uh, and LinkedIn on all these different sites and places and I said to my founder at the time, look, I'm going to really do crypto as well as tech because their, their specialty was tech. Um, and the way I did it and the way we were, I was getting uh, businesses to use our services was approaching hiring managers, CEOs, CMO, like all these all kind of senior people within the organizations. Um, and that would actually get you time with them. And so that's what I did to MoonPay. And I ended up saying, I can I can we have your business? And they said, Oh, you think we should give you a job? You seem to know a lot about crypto, <laughs> right? So it worked, you know, and I at the time I'd only been in my previous company for two months, wow. but it was attractive enough an offer for me to think, you know what, I think this company is doing amazing things in the space. So I would say there is power, and it's not always easy because a lot of people reach out over LinkedIn, but I'm now getting a lot of in- inboxes myself um, from people. I'd love to learn more about your role. Um, some of these are really eager college grads, you know, that I see open roles. Can I speak to you? And you know what? A lot of these companies have a big referral system. So 
it's worth getting if you can someone to refer you and you know grab some time if you can and I try to do it on an ad hoc basis with people that want to speak to me um because if you can get a, an employee to refer you we get payment if it's successful and if that person passes their probationary period and also that person has a way bigger chance of getting hired because they've got someone to advocate that's really interesting that you know you've taken that time like you said you worked there for two months at your previous company and then because you've got the time with these companies who are you know web3 super new you know there's not many people that actually understand the industry so you've taken that and ended up getting a job from it which is just fantastic without looking you know it was yeah. just in, in interest and you know I, I was it was right place right time which I do think a lot of this job market is sometimes um but yeah that passion and that interest and curiosity I think as well so web3 let's have a bit of chat about that you know the industry is really really super new but it's growing rapidly mm -hmm. um so what do you think the space is going to look like in the next five years do you see more and more hires more and more different skill sets coming into the industry yeah so i think we're still early in what web3 adoption looks like um you know my company moonpay we champion mass adoption but i still think that there's a lot of iterations because ultimately you know people know now what web3 what crypto is um it's not now just a matter of education it's also people who are actively against it and so it's about converting them and i think where web3 needs to go in order for mass adoption to take place and it to be mainstream is for web3 and blockchain technology to solve web2 problems or make things even easier so the average person has no idea that they're using the technology you know we look at it similarly to the internet the dot com web2 before people were very very speculative you know they call bill gates strange etc like all of this stuff um and now people use the computer without really understanding that you know, this was before time It really, really, you know, people saw it as some like new technology that we didn't understand. And so I think it needs to go into this next iteration of, yes, it's cool to have these NFTs, but we really going towards utility and thinking of things that are going to be done in a more efficient, sleeker way where the average person is not even aware mm. yeah i was listening to a podcast this morning actually um with the guys that started the uh board ape yacht club yeah um, and they said something about um they wanted to make it mum proof so they want to get to a point where their mums would comfortably be able to go online and purchase an nft which i think you're right i think it's a few years away to get that adoption um i think there's been a lot of articles kind of pushing people away and just you know an nft is a jpeg you know that's you've seen that in the uh, in the headlines it's just a picture what value has it got um but i think we will move forward and i think it's going to be a huge huge part of the future don't you yes but i think i agree right a lot of people just see nfts as oh that's a picture but actually nfts you know they represent ownership they mm. they it's not you know you can have um you can have ownership of so many different things there's things like fractionalized nfts where they are more like you know holdings of a certain asset class or 
that there's so many different applicabilities. I think this is just um, taken over like it was really creative arts. You're not saying that's a bad thing. We've got we've really facilitated some creators really becoming successful from that. But mm. I think we need to get out of the the one one dimensional use case of these things. There's so many different applications and. I see that as the future. So, you know, things like memberships, things like, mm. no uh, tickets, NFT ticketing, where things can be transferred and not sold, where maybe it's in the music industry where blockchain technology creators are having all their royalties instead of, or maybe it's not royalties, maybe it's um, money instead of it going through a producer or a label. I think there's so many different things we can think about that's maybe not just what we think as nfts right now oh certainly they need to have utility to grow it with, without a doubt yeah. um your role currently so partner marketing manager how mm. have you found that what's the kind of skill set you've been learning and, and and what's that actually involve? yeah i mean so this role didn't exist until i kind of said we should probably have it uh we've grown as a company so much in marketing so i came on initially as a project manager just helping manage the various projects we were executing um, never worked in marketing before, but my old boss now, who's now left, um, hired me. She just needed some person to help execute. And I thought we were doing some really exciting things. So now partner marketing is definitely more focused on when we have new partners coming into the pipeline, which is quite a lot, um, how we would go to market with them across our socials, PR, um, you know, internal blog posts or external things. Um, and how we launch that and so depending on what who the partner is it might be a bit of a, a lower lift or a heavy lift if they're you know, a big big brand that we want to shout about or web3 company or something we might do a bigger code marketing strategy and that could be anything from events uh twitter spaces all the rest of it and so my job really is to coordinate that with external internal and make sure that we're set with our dates and since we've joined i've joined there's been lots of different announcements and things going so it's about diarizing that and making sure we're aligned and also ultimately we're integrating a tech product so liaising with product to make sure like that's all fine that bugs are fine and yeah it's it it's pretty fast paced not many people sort of talk about the whole partnerships um sphere within different industries and i think it's a really interesting space because your your varied skill set is perfect for this isn't it because like you've just explained there's so many different things you need to do mm -hmm. yeah and i think ultimately there are a million different things all the time to do and also thinking strategically about okay well how can we best is is there more things we could do is there more things to elevate and i must be honest like i'm not a marketing experienced person at all and so I'm just constantly learning and it's people in my colleagues who've been in the industry a long time um, and people that have had maybe more web3 knowledge as well and also if the companies we're working with looking at things that they've done that have been successful um, I mentioned before we're really targeting that creator economy so you know we're right now I'm dealing with more of our partners we're signing and also our current partners and looking at how we can elevate the things that we've already um gone on board but also and to your point about wider partnerships we have a partnerships lead um and the strategy there has been more external things more culturally relevant uh deals and that's super exciting to me as well and so what i like about 
my company is that there's ability to really get involved in so many different areas. And I think that's maybe, I'd say, congruent with these high growth startups where there's so much to be going on. There's so many different ideas and so many, so much possibility where, you know, it's really welcomed for you to kind of get stuck in and propose things. And, you know, not all, all ideas will come into fruition, but definitely there's a platform for you to propose things, which I love. And what do you think has been the biggest positive of your career so far? You know, something that you've thought, wow, I can't believe I've I've actually done that. Um, so having the opportunity to travel to some of the amazing locations and represent my company has been amazing. Um, and meeting some of the leaders in the industry I think that's been really cool and having being at the company I am now you know being on calls with some of these some leadership in some of the most successful web3 companies it is really it's really awesome and I think I'm constantly learning and yeah I as because I like to travel and I like to meet new people all the time and I'm quite quite extroverted in that way and the job has really facilitated that and welcomed that and I think that's really really cool mm. and on the flip side what's been the biggest challenge of your career so far my whole career um mm. I honestly think it's actually been finding something that I'm passionate enough about to think okay yeah this is this is my calling this is what I want to do or now I feel like I can make a difference because I think when you're not maybe as interested or as invested in a career or even a job that you're doing, I think you can feel that you don't have as much purpose. And I think you can feel a bit, I don't know, like misplaced or, and it's it's tricky because you see online, you see people on LinkedIn, you see people on Instagram and um, they're doing amazing things in their work and they're making a massive difference amazing projects it seems so exciting and it can I remember at one point a few years ago feeling how do I even start to feel like I can do something or get involved I don't even know the starting point um, and so that's that was challenging finding that and I think through my curiosity in Web3 and crypto just during lockdown and finding something I was genuinely interested in has landed me in a career that I didn't even realize I wanted, right? Um, which is insane. And I feel very satisfied day to day, uh, which is which is amazing. And then looking back at your career, is there anything you'd change or would you go down the same path you have? That's a tricky question. I think... Like we always say maybe we'd change something, but I don't think it would have landed me where I am today because I always think, oh, could I have stayed longer at certain things to make it look better? I, yeah, like we said about staying careers, et cetera. Um, but I think, I don't know, the danger of staying longer is that it's harder to leave. Um, yeah, I think maybe now aligning my core values and working for something that I actually believe in and if kind of being a bit more in tune with that I, I regret maybe not recognizing that sooner but as I said you never really know where that could land you later on that's a great answer well yeah. Katie thank you so much for coming in having a chat with us it's been a pleasure hearing all about your career I think this will be super helpful for anyone listening well I hate to say thank you so much for having me Daniel and where can people find you and your company and what you're up to um on linkedin 
absolutely feel free to add me write to me i um try to answer my messages i get a few but yeah <laughs> brilliant thank you katie thanks